And he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said unto them, Take nothing for your journey, neither staves, nor scrip, that is, no, neither bread, neither money, neither have two coats apiece. And whatsoever house you enter into, there abide, and thence depart. And whosoever will not receive you when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet for a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Now Herod the Tetrarch heard of all that was done by him, and he was perplexed because it was said of some that John was risen from the dead, of some that Elias had appeared, of others that one of the old prophets was risen again. And Herod said, John have I beheaded, but who is this of whom I hear such things? And he desired to see him. And when the day began to wear away, then came the twelve and said unto him, Send the crowd away, send the multitude away, that they may go into the towns and country round about and get victuals. For we are here in a desert place. But he said unto them, You feed them, give you them to eat. And they said, We have no more but five loaves and two fishes, except we should go and buy meat for all this people. For they were about five thousand men. And they made them all sit down in companies of fifty. And Jesus took the five loaves and the two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he blessed them, and he brake, and he gave to the disciples, and set before the multitude, and they did all eat, and they were all filled, and there was more than enough. They had twelve basketfuls left. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, and our conviction is that the Word of God has never changed and never will. The truth in God's Word was, is, and always will be true. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In previous lessons, Jesus both cast out demons, healed the sick, and raised the dead. And here in this passage, Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 17, the Lord gives this, his authority, to his disciples to do the same things, but with an emphasis on proclaiming the kingdom of God. Now, this journey had an effect on Herod, who became aware of Jesus, but he was perplexed about him. And when the disciples had returned from their mission, Jesus took them with him, and when the people saw them, they followed him. And here, then, is recorded the only miracle found written in all four Gospels, as Dr. Mitchell will share. And it is the feeding of the 5,000 men, besides women and children, with five loaves and two fish. And here the Lord multiplied this balanced meal, which the disciples then gave to the people. Well, let's join Dr. Mitchell on the Unchanging Word Bible broadcast, Luke chapter 9, verse 1. We come again with our studies in the Gospel through Luke. And may I again uh, remind you to keep on reading this Gospel through Luke. The more you read it, the more you get out of it. This is true of any book in the Bible. Uh, most people do not read their Bibles. They just 
and glance through it, just skim it instead of really reading word by word. I'm always reminded that our Lord could say in John 6, 63, the words that I speak unto you, the same shall judge uh, their spirit and their life. And in John 12, 48, he could say, you have one that judgeth you, the word that I have spoken unto you, same shall judge you in that day. In other words, the Lord wants us to read the word of God, taking it as it is indeed his word, with all the authority of an eternal God behind it. Yet remember again, and I quote to you from 138 Psalm, the second verse, the revised text says, For thou hast underwritten every word by thy name. I think the King James Version says, Thou hast exalted thy word above all thy name. But thou hast underwritten every word by thy name. The Lord is behind every word which he has written for us and to us. May the Lord grant to you and to me the joy of not only reading it, but having that word live in and through us day by day. Now we're in the ninth chapter of the Gospel through Luke. Now reading the first, the first um, nine verses. Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said unto them, Take nothing for your journey, neither staves, nor scrip, that is, no, neither bread, neither money, neither have two coats apiece. And whatsoever house you enter into, there abide, and thence depart. And whosoever will not receive you when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet for a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Now Herod the Tetrarch heard of all that was done by him, and he was perplexed because it was said of some that John was risen from the dead, of some that Elias had appeared, of others that one of the old prophets was risen again. And Herod said, John have I beheaded, but who is this of whom I hear such things? And he desired to see him. Now I've taken that whole passage together. Here is the sending out of the twelve. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 10, you have more detail there of how he sent them out and to whom they should go. Now, Luke doesn't bring that out. But as I read it, I'm sure that we have the same principle involved that the Lord sent the twelve out to continue his ministry among his people Israel. First of all, he gave them, in the first verse, his authority and his power. He called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach, this is their responsibility in verse 2, to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And now this was, of course, the great truth. When our Lord preached, he preached the precious coming of the kingdom of God. And by the way, this is always God's method and way of reaching the lost. You remember in Acts chapter 1, the 8th verse, just before our Lord went back to heaven, he said to the disciples, um, the Spirit of God shall come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. Matthew 28, he said, Go ye and disciple all nations, and I am with you to the end of the age. Now, in Matthew chapter 10, we have where he told him to go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. 
not to go to the Samaritans, not to go to the Gentiles. In other words, the ministry was limited as our Lord walked the earth. Our Lord, you remember, could say to the Syrophoenician woman in Matthew chapter 15, I am sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And Paul, writing to the Roman church, said, Our Lord came to confirm the promises made to the fathers. So this ministry of the twelve disciples when he sent them forth was especially to Israel. And he gave them his authority to cast out demons and to heal the sick. This was God's way of reaching them. And you remember these were his credentials. I can't overemphasize the fact that the miracles of our Savior were the credentials of his Messiahship even when he sent the twelve out. He was giving to them his credentials to Israel. That this Jesus of Nazareth was the Messiah. I, I would suggest this to you. God has always reached people through the preaching of the word. For example, today, uh, we preach the gospel so that people might come to know the Savior. Oftentimes, the Lord is very gracious in answering prayer and heals people. We believe that. But the great purpose is the preaching of the gospel. You take, for example, in Mark chapter 1, the Lord had been healing people, and the disciples said to him, All men look for you. That is, they're all wanting to have you perform miracles and do the spectacular. And Jesus said, Let's go someplace else and preach the gospel, for this cause came I forth. And when he sent his disciples he gave, out, he gave them his credentials. Uh, like today, we ought to preach the gospel. This is God's method of reaching people. You take, for example, in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. For unto us who are saved, it's Christ, the power of God. Or you go on and says, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Well, if I may change that, by the foolishness of the thing preached to save them that believe. We preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, unto the Greeks foolishness, but unto them which are called, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. See, the Jews require a sign. The Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, unto the Greeks foolishness, for unto us who are saved, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. So we have here their ministry. And then in verse 3, we're told how they're to go. And whatsoever house you enter into, there abide and thence depart. And then some are going to invite you in and some are going to turn you down. But notice how they were to go. They were to go in simplicity. They were to go without any great show. They were to go just like their master. And notice they were not to take money, take any staves or scrip or bread or money. Neither have two courts. I wonder if some of our brethren who take these portions of Scripture like Matthew 10 and Luke 9 and try to make it applicable today in the sense of the detail of it, if we follow all the detail which the Lord has given to us in this passage, they were to go in simplicity with no great show. Were they not the king's messengers? 
they were going representing him. And even though he was rejected, they were still to go. And they give forth a testimony. And I repeat it, it should be a continuation of his ministry to the people. Now the result was some accepted and some rejected. And some were perplexed. I'm reminded of the Apostle Paul when he went down to the city of Athens in chapter 17 of Acts. You remember he preached unto them from Mars Hill on Jesus and the resurrection. And at the end of the chapter I read, And when they heard of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, some mocked, some scoffed, and some said, We'll hear thee again. But certain ones clave unto him. One or two or three just believed what he had said. The majority scorned and scoffed at the message, just like today, just like today. Uh, don't expect that when you go out to give a testimony that everyone you talk to is going to accept the Savior. In fact, if you do much witnessing, you can expect to be rebuffed and turned on and sometimes called names. But nevertheless, the word of the gospel has got to go forth. Men must hear about the Savior. So I say some accepted some rejected. And when we come down to verses 7 to 9, we have some, like Herod, who are greatly perplexed. They didn't know what to make of it. And it's true today. You find folk who are really perplexed when they hear the gospel of the grace of God. Now, following this little uh, incident, we have the feeding of the multitudes in verses 10 to 17. And may I just say here, we come down to a, a very unusual portion of Scripture. The feeding of the crowds in chapter 9, verses 10 to 17. And this is going to call for some cooperation with his disciples. You know, this is the only miracle that is found in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew 14, Mark 6, uh, Luke 9, and John 6 all speak of the feeding of the 5,000. Now, if this is so, then there must be a very important message for you and for me. Now, they'd come back from their ministry. In verse 10, they returned and told the Lord all that was done, and he took them and went aside privately into a desert place belonging to the city called Bethsaida. By the way, that's where Philip came from, Bethsaida. There was a need for rest. There was a need for meditation. But the trouble was the crowds followed him, and he received them, he didn't tell him to go. He didn't say, I'm tired out. Will you please come some other day? He, he received them and spake unto them of the kingdom of God and healed them that had need of healing. You notice that. Uh, he wanted a time of rest and meditation for himself and his disciples. No doubt these, if I can quote from one of the other gospels, they came back and they said, Lord, even the very demons were subject to us. He said, don't worry about that. Rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. The crowds, when they found out where Jesus was, they came. And he spake unto them of the kingdom of God. He gave the same message that the disciples had, and he healed them that had need of healing. He confirmed the message of the disciples. Now we come to our responsibility. Let's go down to the story. And when the day began to wear away, then came the twelve and said unto him, Send the crowd away, send the multitude away, that they may go into the towns and country round about and get victuals. For we are here in a desert place. But he said unto them, 
You feed them. Give you them to eat. And they said, We have no more but five loaves and two fishes, except we should go and buy meat for all these people. For they were about 5,000 men. Now let me just stop here a moment. It is a sad thing here. The Lord Jesus gives them their responsibility. But notice, the disciples said to the Lord Jesus, send them away. I may quote from the other Gospels. Jesus said, they need not depart. You don't have to send them away. I'm not going to send them away hungry. The Lord never did send anybody away who needed him or who had a need. And I, I, I think of this, the Lord looked upon this whole crowd as shepherdless people. You remember in Matthew's gospel, at the end of chapter 9 of Matthew, you read that the Lord had compassion upon the people because they were the sheep having no shepherds. And the disciples said, send them away. Oh, no, I can't send them away. Oh, his, I repeated, this always gets into my heart, the love, the compassion, the care he had for the multitude. They were the sheep having no shepherd. They were hungry. They'd been all day without food. So Jesus said, they need not depart. You feed them. Why not feed them? They had just had the experience of preaching the gospel of the grace of God, of the kingdom of God. They had the power given to them, authority to heal the sick and to cast out demons. Why should they hesitate about feeding this crowd? Ah, but that's the power of a creator. Well, what's the difference? If you have his authority to heal the sick, cast out demons, don't you have his authority over creation? You feed them, said Jesus. Notice their failure. We can't do it. We've only got five loaves and two fishes. What are they among so many? Well, we can't go and buy meat. Now, allow me to just digress here for a moment and, and take up the other, especially the gospel through John chapter 6. You see, their failure, unbelief, shuts God out and limits itself to circumstances. These disciples were helpless because their eyes were upon the crowds, upon what they had, five loaves and two fishes, and they were in a desert place. Why, Lord, we can't feed this great big crowd. Listen, in John chapter 6, Jesus said to Philip, Philip, how are we going to feed this crowd? And Philip said, Lord, 200 penny worth of bread is not enough for this crowd, that all may have a little wee bit. Now, why did the Lord turn to Philip? Well, Philip belonged to Bethsaida, and this desert place was not very far from Bethsaida. And if anybody knew where to buy bread, it would be Philip. Why, Peter? Philip said, Lord, 200 penny worth is not enough for this. And then you remember his partner, dear Andrew, spoke up and said, there's a lad here, he's got five loaves and two finishes. Now, that to me is a miracle. What do you mean? For a boy to have his lunch with him and go all day carrying that lunch and not eating it. Say, you fellows, do you ever go fishing with a basket of lunch? You're not in the boat very long before you're, you're, you're picking away at your lunch, and by 10.30 in the morning, your lunch is all gone. I know. I've been with fellows, and I've been there myself. This boy has followed that crowd all day long. 
He's heard the preaching of our Savior. He has seen the sick healed, and he's so taken up with it, and he hasn't even eaten his lunch. And I'm, I'm sure that he stood right beside Andrew. How did Andrew knew, know there was a boy there? I don't believe that, that this boy would have gone near Peter or any of the other disciples. Something about this man, Andrew, and I don't want to go into it, but there's something about this quiet fellow, Andrew, always in the background. Who is he? Simon Peter's shadow. All of us talked about as being Simon Peter's brother. Andrew, a real soul winner, and he said to Jesus, there's a lad here, and he's got five loaves and two fishes, but what are they among so many? I don't know how you're going to do it, Lord, but here's five loaves and two fishes. And the Lord said, that's enough. And he made them all sit down in companies of 50. See. And he called the disciples. Now here's 5,000, 50 to a company. That means there's 100 companies of men. 50 men to a company. How much bread, how much fish are you going to have to feed that crowd? And Jesus, in verse 16, took the five loaves and the two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he blessed them, and he brake, and he gave to the disciples to set before the multitude, and they did all eat, and they were all filled. I tell you, friend, will you notice something? He didn't call for volunteers. He didn't call for volunteers. He just asked for some cooperation. And mark the order, he made them companies of fifty. And yet nothing was in sight, just five loaves and two fishes. And he said to the disciples, you feed them. And he gave them, he blessed the loaves and the fish, and he gave them to the disciples and ate to the crowd. When their eyes were upon the circumstances, upon the crowds, and upon what they had, they couldn't do anything. They just couldn't do anything. And when you and I look upon what we have and the circumstances under which we live, we don't do anything either. But when you get your eyes from what you have, to whom you have. When your eyes are from circumstances and put your eyes on the Savior, it would have made no difference whether it had been 500,000 that would have been fed. I, I repeat it, he drafts disciples. He didn't call for volunteers. He has 5,000 men to be fed and only 12 disciples. He can't trust it to anybody else but disciples. Ah, listen, friend, he never calls he never calls for volunteers. He drafts disciples. He said to his disciples, Go ye and, and disciple all nations. Oh, but wait a minute, Mr. Mitchell. Isn't there some verse where Jesus said, Whom shall I send and who shall go for us? Yes, that's over in Isaiah chapter 6. And tell me, how many were in the congregation when God said, Whom shall I send and who shall go for us? Just one man, Isaiah. No, my friend, God drafts disciples. Only disciples have the heart to do it. Only disciples will be obedient. And the result, all were filled, and there was more than enough. They had 12 basketfuls left. I suggest Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him who was able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Here you have as long as they gave out the bread, it multiplied. And when they stopped giving out the bread, it stopped multiplying. When you stop giving out the word of God, it'll dry up in your own soul. You better keep on giving out, giving out the word of God. One more thing. Will you bear with me today? The little fella gave up all that he had. 
Did he lose by giving up? Oh, no. Oh, no. He gave up five loaves, his, his little lunch, and five barley cakes and, a, and two small sprats and fed the whole crowd. How much do you think the boy had when he was through? Now, you may think I'm fanciful, but I'm going to say this. I believe he had a half basket full. I believe he went with Andrew and followed along with Andrew and shared the basket full when they got through. You don't think that boy is going to give up his five loaves and two fishes and not see what's going to happen to it. If you're a boy, you know what I'm talking about. Ah, you can't lose by giving to Jesus. He gave all that he had to the Savior, and the Lord multiplied it. You give to him, and the Lord will multiply what you give to him. All I'm asking is to give yourself to him and let him do the rest. And the Lord bless you for his name's sake. Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study today. Write to us with your comments and your prayer requests to the Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon, 97338. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Radio Broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.